Welcome back, everyone. My name's Tommy Sheridan, and I'm joined by performance nutritionist Jessica Spenlove. And today we have episode three of Aces Nutrition, and we will be talking about alcohol and hangovers. Spendy, I'm very excited about this topic. I think a lot of people will be, and it's kind of like, what do we need to know and how do we just best manage it? I think sometimes we, you know, it's something that we've all had at some point, some of us more than others probably, and um, yeah, I think a lot of people will be very intrigued by some of the ideas and strategies we're going to put forward today. Very relatable content this, and you're going to teach me a lot. I must say I'm very good. I'm very good for weeks, and then when I go out, I probably sit in that binge drinking category. So I want to know what I'm doing to my body and how I can maybe uh, you know get rid of that and help myself. But yeah, like I said, very exciting. And everyone that we did the survey with was really interested about this topic. So what we might as well you know crack it all open, and, and I'll start with what does alcohol do to our body? Look, I think the important thing to know here is that what we're going to touch on, not everything speaks to everyone. So it's it's kind of like we're presenting you with some some pieces of information and, you know, piece it together for yourselves. But the, the long and the short of alcohol is that it can definitely affect people in many ways. And some of it is more short term and others long term. So we'll obviously touch on both of that. But, you know, there can be um, effects both like physical health as well as mental health. And obviously all of this also comes down to how much people are drinking, how often they're drinking, their pattern, quality of alcohol as well. So, you know, also size and gender and your body composition, you know, male versus female. And are you 80 kilos or 120 kilos if you've trained? So like there's a lot of different moving parts here, Um, genetics, metabolism, social factors, even nutritional status. So, you know, how healthy someone is on the day to day. So lots of moving parts here, but, you know, I know we want to talk about binge drinking. So, you know, I think a lot of people, it's even if they're not intentionally going out to binge drink in terms of what like is classified as binge drinking and then, you know, versus going and having a few. Like I know with our survey, more than 50% of people when they go and have alcohol are having more than seven seven or more drinks at a time, which honestly is pretty easy to do. But in terms of like classification, like the NH and MRC, which is like the National Medical Research Council of Australia say – people shouldn't be having more than 10 drinks a week and no more than four in one sitting. So, you know, the, the, the disconnect between what is recommended and what is happening in the real world, it's, um, you know. I find that hard to believe. Uh, seven drinks on a night out is, you, you know, you're, you're still coasting. It's, it's the next seven and beyond. 10 for the week. Do you think they have to update that or is that legitimately the recommended? The the recommendations there are no long-term harmful effects of of alcohol. So, um, yeah, there's a massive disconnect between what's happening and then what what is going to be those long-term consequences. Like the thing is health, like when we're talking cardiovascular disease, like diabetes, these more chronic diseases, which are some of the long-term consequences of binge drinking. These take years, decades to develop, but it is a consequence for a lot of people of what they are doing in their 20s and 30s. And and binge drinking is one of those factors which can increase the risk of some of those chronic diseases. Now, like you said, we are realists. The reason we're bringing this up, we're not saying not drink. We are saying if you're drinking, we want some tricks around drinking and uh, I guess hangovers because we're all going to have them. It's spring carnival around the corner and there's a lot of events about to happen 
But it's such an interesting topic, and that is why we're talking about it. Spenny, you've just touched on a few things there, but let's just jump straight back into binge drinking. You know, what like what tips have you got for binge drinking? I hear it all the time. Have a glass of water in between your drinks, and sometimes it's fun to be pissed, but the next day it's like you don't really know if you've been drinking till the next day. I, I must say it's like, yeah, you've probably skipped having food. You've had, you've mixed all your drink. I've got plenty of questions here to you, ask you. You've read the script, you know, the I, answers. I know. I, well, I, I just kind of, I feel like that's what I do, you know, yeah. go out. Oh, I'm not going to eat now. It's already nine o'clock. I'll just keep drinking and having a good old time. The next day you wake up and go, wow. Bang. Yeah. So, and it's nearly like the snack and treat. Like if you're going to treat, have a snack. It's nearly the same like principle. So number one, you want to be having a good, decent meal before you go out. And look, I think the afternoon, you know, session is the high risk one because you might have had a late breakfast and then you kind of like you skip lunch or you think I'll just get something when you go. So you're out on an empty stomach and. I shouldn't generalize here, but like I look at, you know, my partner and even his mates and I feel like girls, when we go out, like it's centered around a long lunch. Like we nearly go, we have the long lunch and then we go into drinks, but I'm not saying every guy, but I, I just often see it's like we're at the pub and we're on the beers and food doesn't even get thought about. And I'm just like, first of all, I'm like, how are you not thinking about food? Like my body's talking about it all the time, you know, I'm thinking about it and, and I'm programmed to want it. But I don't know. I just see guys going to the pub on the beers and, and next minute they're kind of not thinking about food and it is, it's the nine, it's the 10, it's 3am and that's when the kebabs happening. Oh yeah. So. That's when, that's when you're thinking about food. You're starving. What, what, why aren't you that hungry when you're on the beers and, and all these drinks until it, late in the night? I think it can be quite filling. You know, I, I look, I'm not a beer drinker. I'm not, if I drink wine or spirits, but like, if we think about beer, like it's quite carbonated, it, it's quite filling. Um, and I guess you're in the moment with your mates, you're being social, but you know, the point I guess I bring up, which I haven't really like nailed here in my execution is you want to be having a good meal before you go and drink. So it's the same as looking at that spread of food across the day. If it's an afternoon, make sure you've had a good breakfast and lunch. You're not going out on that empty stomach. You know what it's like a few drinks in, like you fit Things are escalating a little bit quicker when you haven't had that meal. The beers are going down quickly, but that is going to lead to more of a hangover the next day. So there's kind of like many reasons why you want to eat before you actually start drinking. Um, The other thing which I think people will find really interesting is alcohol is actually the fourth macronutrient. So you would have heard of carbohydrates, proteins, healthy fats, they're macronutrients and macro just means it provides energy. Alcohol is the fourth one. It's non-essential, but every gram of alcohol has seven calories or 29 kilojoules. So it's more than protein and carbs, but it's less than fat. So it's giving you any, like it's giving you a calorie value. But probably the most important thing to note is when we start drinking, our body stops metabolizing food and it just stores it. So aside from wanting to eat a meal before you go out because you've lined your stomach, the hangover is going to be less you're going to kind of ease into your day and your afternoon and your night a bit slower than minus the meal. But when you eat when you were drinking, particularly if you're having a session, you were just storing the food. So my friends, it's not a beer belly you're developing. It's probably a 3am kebab belly (laughs) you're developing because we can only, when when we're drinking or we have alcohol in our system, we are storing food. So how much alcohol? Like what if it's just a couple of glasses of wine? Yeah, so I often get I often get asked if we're talking like you know we're out to dinner, um, you know it's still like 
it, I'd say it's more of a it's more of a grey area there. But if we can only metabolize ten grams of alcohol an hour, which also has to do with like where they get the the legal limit for drinking and what people can have and those recommendations. So I was doing a bit of research on this before we got on here so I could give you some examples. But like a standard beer would have about 23 grams of alcohol or ethanol in it um, and wine has about 18. So we're looking at nearly like two to two and a half hours to metabolise a beer or a glass of wine. So if we've had four beers, Let's that's say 10. seven or eight. For 10 beers, it's 20 hours. 20 to 24 hours Jeez. we're still metabolising the alcohol, which means we're likely storing the food that we're eating. And all that food that you might be consuming prior and during and maybe after at the kebab joint, if you do go there, try to stay away. But if you do, that's just sitting there because your body's – Still turning over the alcohol. Because your body's like, we've got this alcohol, we need to clear it. Like, you know, it's poisonous essentially. Like we need to get this out of our body. It's not something we want to store or it's it's not great for us. We need to clear it. But we have a limiting rate at which we can clear it. So many, many reasons, my friends, we want to eat a good meal before we go out to line the stomach, reduce the hangover. But also if we're talking like, you know, we're here to have it all. If you want to have some drinks with friends but you want to keep the rig in check and you're training for summer, that's going to help as well. And our friends at Bay Juice, if you suck one of them as well, it does reduce the hangover. There's all those little tricks as well. I find that sometimes Panadol before bed, all these other, are there any other tricks for people that do maybe fall into the binge category by accident? They've gone out for a couple and they thought, oh, I'm going to stay out, have a big night. The biggest, honestly, the big one of the biggest causes for a hangover is dehydration. So like it is the if you can have some water while you're out, like, and again, this is just like, I don't want to generalize, but I look around at my girlfriends when we might be out and water's on the table and it seems to be happening, but the boys at the pub <laughs> with the beers, I don't know, happens less. Yeah, so I don't we know. Just, well, it's a bit of a, you, you, I'll talk on behalf yeah, of most talk boys. On you, behalf you, of the men. If you've got a glass of water out and the boy, what are it's you weak. doing? Yeah, you weak bastard. Weak dog. Yeah, yeah, so... <laughs> You'd almost have sneak to sneak it at the bar. Sneak it in there somehow, mm. unless you get like a soda with a lime and yeah. no vodka and do the, one of them ones. But so you're saying that you can still get drunk and have make, a good time. We want to bring the water. We want to make water cool at the pub. Like it's kind of like this is this is beers for current me, waters for future me. And yeah. you know, I'm here. Do they offset though? Do they do they make it harder to get pissed? It doesn't. It just slows it down. So, yeah. so you, do, you you can you probably longevity. Go, yeah, the longevity. <laughs> so it's a bit of a trick there for any lightweights mm. out there. Maybe. Mm. I mean, it's pretty. Everyone knows about this. They just probably don't do it. So hangovers is dehydration. It's one of the main factors. Yeah. So you got all those hydrolyte tablets and all that kind of stuff. There's all those things out there. Um, but you're saying just the, the the easiest thing to do is probably just a few glasses of water while you're on the drink. Yeah, or you can do your bay juice before. You yeah. can do an electrolyte drink before, so a hydrolyte before or at the end. So the other thing, it's hydration. Alcohol is like a diuretic. You know, you're on the beers and you're going. To, you have to go. You know, urinate a lot more frequently. So you're losing fluid, but also um, our B vitamins, which are our water soluble vitamins, and also our electrolytes. So you know, you sweat, you lose salt in your sweat. We're going to the bathroom, we're urinating a lot, we've lost a lot of fluids, so we're losing electrolytes, we're losing um, B vitamins, we're losing total fluids. So this is where the electrolyte drinks come in, this is where some of the, you know, the um, the milk, milk's actually a really great- Oh, jeez, I don't know how you have milk with a beer, Bendy. I don't know if you read the cert, Nate, not with the beer, 
Definitely not, but I don't know if you read Kalura and milk, I used to have them in, uh, we had them in Mexico once. <laughs> a lot of uh, people, we asked the question, what is your hangover cure you swear by? And there was quite a lot of chalky milk, strawberry milk, thick shakes on there. And I want to bring the science to you on this. So milk is actually the fastest rehydrating, but also maintains fluid balance. So what that means is you uptake and you maintain what you've drunk. So, you know, the, the perfect example here is you've trained, you've sweated, you only drink water after, you probably will actually find you're going to the bathroom a lot. So similarly, you've been on the beers, you're going to the bathroom a lot. If all you start to replace it with is just water, you're probably then also kind of fastening that process up. Whereas you have a milk, if that's your thing and you'll retain it, it'll rehydrate you and you'll maintain it. You'll maintain the fluid that you've drunk better. So oh, there you go. I like might that. not be for everyone. What about like a protein shake? You know those flavoured, it's, it's like flavoured milk protein shake or no, it has to be just pure milk. M- milk, like yeah, flavoured or plain, whatever you're, whatever you're into, but it has some definite benefit there. A lot of sugar in the flavoured ones. Yeah, though. a lot of sugar in so the flavoured So it's a bad, it's a bad option, but it's going to help. Mm, mm. I mean, so it's probably like 15 to 20 beers on a night out. But. Yes, it is. <laughs> and, and again, performance nutritionist. Does not recommend this, but a no. realist. So we're going to say we're doing it. How do we manage it and get the best out of the scenario? That's it. So we're sneaking a few waters at the bars until we can make water cool at the table. We're going to set that trend. And, um, yeah, we're going to have a, maybe an electrolyte drink before we go, like a hydrolyte or something, and maybe electrolyte drink when we get back. Or if you can – a milk to uh and avoid the late night kebabs or any food at night even though you might be hungry does that or does that help speed up look if you're hungry like you need to eat but if you have a proper meal earlier on before you go that should really kind of reduce that need now you've touched on binge drinking and the number of them i can't believe it's seven drinks so it's well in terms of like that classification like it's saying try not to have any more than four yeah. in a in a go but in our survey we ask people you know, how many, how many drinks they have when they go out. And it was, I think it was more than 60% said seven or more. Yeah. Which is, we could have said 10 plus. Mm. I think, I mean, yeah, I think most guys, if they go out, it's pretty easy to do that. Very easy. You're talking, sports on, you're having a good time. I mean, even I can comment on it. Like I said, from a long lunch standpoint, you know, you're there, you're having a lunch, having a few drinks, then you go out after. It's can add up very quickly very quickly and easily. I think what we want to do here, it's just raising that self-awareness. So like if that's happening on the weekend and you're a corporate and you've got a few things through the week, like can we just manage it a little bit better when we can? It's just having an awareness and a strategy and each person just needs to look at themselves and try and be a little bit better or think about what they might want to work on, Um, you know, rather than this all or nothing mindset, which is like, nah, I'm off the beers, I'm off the beers for a few weeks and then the blowout that comes after yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> three weeks off and one on, it's it's kind of how it does work. Short-term effects of alcohol, give them mm. to me. So, look, I mean, you know, we've all been there. It's like we can uh, slurred speech, like it inhibits kind of our, like, our speech, our cognition. We can get quite clumsy from a sleep point of view, massive impacts on sleep that night. So we aren't actually able to get into deep sleep, which is our REM sleep. So, you know, that's why we always sleep pretty poorly after we've had, you know, quite a few drinks. Um, Obviously we can become, 
you know, hungover, um, depending on the, the type of binge drinking, alcohol poisoning. Um, and, yeah, it's probably just that that more in that short term, it's that altered behaviour, um, which can obviously include some violence or more prone to violence, risk-taking behaviour. Back to alcohol poisoning. How do you get to that state? So there's times where when the next day where you – you know, I'll put myself in that category. I reckon there's days where I cannot eat a thing and anything I drink, I just have to throw it up. It's almost like bar. I don't know what you call it, but it, it's not good. I feel so bad and it takes me all the way to the afternoon to actually want to start eating again because I feel like I've just consumed way too much alcohol on the nights where I've let my hair down. What is alcohol poisoning? Is it clo- Is that close by? Is that close to it? Because there's some days where, like you said, maybe what I haven't tried is milk. I can't wait to try that mm. one because I have the water and it just comes straight up mm. and I can't consume anything. So you just sit there and you just kind of like, you're like a dried apricot. You're just sitting there, just dry. You've got nothing in your system and you're just waiting for this hangover to disappear. Again, I think it's like for me, what, just, I'm all about the strategy. I know I say this a lot, but it's like, you know, how do, we obviously want to minimise that. So we want to have that a good meal before we go out. We want to try and obviously have a bit of bit more water throughout the night. If you're currently having none, sneak a few little sips at the bar if you can. Um, but in terms of like classification of alcohol poisoning, I'm not sure I can actually even answer that. You obviously yeah. really you've really overdone it. But um, yeah, I don't know if I can give you like a line in the sand on what the definition mm. is there, but for you, it's probably a combination of a lack of food, a lack of water, mixing of a lot of drinks, maybe particularly like the dark spirits. They really kind of ramp up that hangover as well. So yeah, it is. You know, it'd, be the vo- it'd be the body, body lime sodas just smashing them. Well, the dark is more like your rums and your whiskey, And then the, um, CC and dries or mm. whatever's doing mm. really just whatever's going. Yeah. Oh, that's quant- it's quantity, quality, and also the combination. Geez, you can so. smash some drinks on a night out without thinking about yeah. it once you're hammered. Yeah. So eat a good meal before, hopefully maybe two, depending on the time of day you go out. Just sneak a few waters in and maybe just like if we try not to, you know, when, we, when we've got a multitude of different options, that's going to increase that risk of that, that real bad hangover the next day. I love it. I love it. I think most people know this stuff, but it's good reminder and – the milk's got me. I can't wait to try the milk mm. the next day. I might be able to get me going again. Now, that's only if you have a monster night. Obviously, if you um, only had a few, that's fine. Now, what are some of the long-term effects of, uh, of I guess, binge drinking and drinking a lot of alcohol on a night out? Yeah, I mean, look, it can come in different shapes and forms, but like from a, a chronic disease point of view, like definitely some um, increased risk of certain types of cancers. So um, oral, pharynx, larynx, esophagus, liver, um, as well as like female, um, well, breast cancer in females and colorectal, so colon cancer. So a lot of that kind of gastrointestinal tract. Um Different types of heart disease can definitely be a factor. Diabetes, um, long-term cognitive impairment, so, you know, your anxiety and your depression as well as, you know, longer-term consequences. Unfortunately, like, increased risk when it comes to, like, self-harm, which obviously that's a bit of a, yeah, you know, yeah. bit of a trigger for potentially for some people, um, but definitely worth, like, mentioning and calling out. I guess that kind of feeds into that mental health kind of component that can come now with this as is, well. Is this for someone that does it consistently every weekend for years on years? Look, this and this is where, like, there are so many factors, like genetics, family history, like, amount. So, you know, I'm not saying everyone that's binge drinking, but I guess, like, the, the question was what are some of the long-term consequences and, you know, when you, you look up publications, 
mm. this is what is is stated there. So, um, you know, if you think about if it is every weekend for decades, um, again, not saying that it will happen, but these are the long-term increased risks of, of that, of binge drinking. It's well said, Spendy. And again, one of the best in the business for a reason. Now, to keep it without scaring people, they've probably heard that before. It's a good refresher. Um, you're scaring me just talking to me about the short-term and long-term effects. I want to talk about the best drinks on a night out. So, again, we've done the survey, but majority of men will drink beer. Mm. And and uh, I think, you know, the females are drinking a lot of wine. Mm. But then the spirits come out to play later on, the cocktails, mm. all the, you know, mm. all the rest of it. There's there's some uh, vodka Red Bulls out mm. there for the younger younger generation, I feel. Mm. Just give me some of the best options to drink on a night out and why. Now, yeah. we understand that they're not all, mm. you, you're not having them to be, a you know, an elite mm. athlete. But if you do decide to let your hair down, mm. what's the go-to and why? Look, yeah, I think it's important to explain the why because, again, it's yeah. like, you know, I'm sitting here being mindful. It's like, you know, I'm not recommending people go and drink more. I think it's just arming people with the information. So a lot of like what I used to talk to different people about would be what are you drinking and how can we potentially go with a better option? So the classic example is like a vodka lime and soda with, you know, fresh lime versus like a vodka even a lemonade and cordial or a raspberry cordial. So if we're talking like purely from a total energy and calorie point of view, alcohol, there's still the same amount of alcohol in each one. But in terms of the sugar that's coming from what's being mixed with it, the vodka, lime and soda would less than 100 calories, whereas some of those other ones are well more than 200. So, you know, I, I want to emphasise that I'm not necessarily saying from an alcohol point of view, the vodka, lime and soda is healthier but I'm talking from an overall energy, much less sugar, what you're mixing with it, it's a better option for you. So um, the other one is like a gin and soda as opposed to like a gin and tonic. Um, Tonic is quite similar to your other soft drinks, which catches a lot of people Mm. out because it doesn't quite taste as sweet. But again, swapping it, it's at least a kind of like a two for one from an energy point of view. I can't stand tonic. I don't know, but a lot of people like it. Oh, Mm. it just makes me feel sick, Mm. very bitter. Mm. What else is there? Um, look, I mean, when you want to get into your beers, which probably, you know, talks to a lot of the the males. Um, the old low carb, no carb, this, that. What are they mixing with this stuff? They can't – I don't understand, you know, what's in them. But It's all around the processing of, of what how they're making it. But, look, there is definitely a saving in going with, like, a low carb option. So it's not quite the same as, like, the two for one, like I was talking about with the – the vodka, lime and soda versus the other options, but it's, you know, gen- two-thirds, so they're generally around 100 calories for a low-carb beer as opposed to an average one, which is like 150 to 170. Oh, there but, you go. That's, that's you know, there the- is a, it is a safe from, again, we're talking overall energy rather than like unless we're, we're talking a lower alcohol content beer, it's the same amount of alcohol. Well, the reason we want to talk calories is because we know, I think you said it before, do the crime. Do the crime to the time. Do the crime, do the time. So if you're saying that low-carb beers are 90 to 100 and the other ones are 150 to 170, Mm. you can sneak an extra beer in there on the house according to your calorie deficit model. So it's great to understand what a low-carb beer is, um, but understanding that you still need to – you've done the crime, so you need to do the time uh, the next day if you want to burn it all off. What else? What else is there? Um, um, so, I mean, look, the co- cocktails, you know, like you said, it, they can kind of come out, you know, I'd rather enjoy a margarita myself, but like 
there can be a lot in there. So cocktails, we're talking like three, four, 450 calories. It's a lot. Yeah. What's in a vodka lime soda? 80 to 100. Is that the lowest calorie drink? Yeah. Yeah. Vodka lime soda, seltzer, gin and soda, they're your lowest. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, I mean, look. You so, know, cocktails, sorry to cut you off, mm, but cocktails right now. Really added Espresso up. martinis, everyone wants one or two, or they want spicy margaritas or just normal margaritas. You're looking at three to 400, Blows eh? Blows it out. Yeah. Blows it straight out. Mm. Wow. Mm. And how many calories should it just, we're going to stay on this topic, but over the whole day, how many calories should a normal human be consuming? It's hard to give When it- I say normal, God, it's a bit hard. Yeah, but no. just, let's just, the average. Look, a day for a female, relative, you know, active but not crazy. You know, we're looking at around eighteen hundred to two thousand. Oh gee, whiz. that's you, four cocktails. And if uh, and if we're talking male, it's probably two thousand four hundred up to three thousand. So then, if you yeah. if you're active, you can put a down a thousand on there, maybe or five hundred. Yeah, yeah. I guess, and giving you those numbers would be more around like weight maintenance. Like you know, you got, yeah. your your weight's fine, you're pretty stable, you're aiming to maintain. Would probably sit around. And there. The way, the reason I do bring this up, we've all got a, you know a few young people out there that are aspiring to be premium athletes. Um, there's people out there that are athletes. There's people out there that are training and wondering mm. why they're not getting results. This talks to a lot of people. Mm. Alcohol is something we all mm. do majority of us, again, there's a lot of alcohol-free um, drinks out there now, and you can see why. We'll talk about that in a second. But this is a real issue with your plan because we just spoke about consistency and your nutritional plans and your gym, putting on weights. We spoke about in our previous podcasts, this alcohol on a Saturday night out or a Friday night or whatever, Sunday mm. session, it really does kind of, dent. yeah, it really does undo all your hard work. So you being alcohol free and doing a huge gym program for a couple of months there, you're probably going to see a lot of results, aren't you? Well, a hundred percent. But the other thing as well, like, unfortunately, I guess it kind of, the story unfolds even further. Like when we're talking about going to the gym and building muscle mass and muscle protein synthesis and all that stuff we've touched on before, alcohol negates a lot of that. So it doesn't allow you, say you've trained in the morning and you're going out and you haven't recovered from a nutrition standpoint, well, then on top of that, the alcohol reduces what you've done in the gym even further. It kind of interferes with that pathway. So unfortunately, like other than enjoying it and and having a good time, when we're talking health, well-being, getting strong in the gym, losing body fat, there's not a lot of, um, not a lot of great things I can say around it, which is, is just, it's an awareness raiser. It's education. It's education. That's what we're doing here. It's yeah. all about education. It's a great reminder because a lot of people out there are looking to put on a lot of muscle mm. or lose a lot of body fat. And like we said, we're all trying to build the summer bodies. Mm. We're talking about alcohol today purely because of that. Mm. And I think it is. It does. It blows a lot of people's minds. The cocktails kind of, blow my mind. Yeah. I know. 400 calories. Yep. In a spicy margarita. Yep. Three to 400. Look. Different formulas, different, but yeah, three to four hundred. It's just a couple of shots of you know alcohol. So a cocktail is generally like one and a half to two standard drinks. So there's your one sixty there, and then you know what it's mixed with that. What about a fireball shot or a tequila shot? (laughs) What's in them? Roughly, you'd have to look that up. Yeah, and I yeah, because those fireballs they they come out a fair bit. The fireball shots, I think, and. 
I think I hesitate sitting here because it's like I do often get asked that and, you know, a shot is 80 to 100 calories. So then I get a lot of people going, oh, well, if I just do that rather than that. But it's like, well, that's going to really speed up the the hangover, the excessive drinking. So, no, that's definitely not the recommendation, but that's the information. These are some of the conversations me and Spender used to have uh, while I was in rehab and uh, just trying to work out where I could save a few calories. Very funny stuff, this. Now, let's – We've already gone into it. What other what other drinks out there are the worst for us and why? Yeah, I've got a, a couple on the list. So the cocktails I've, you know, touched on for a few reasons. Um, spirits with soft drinks would definitely be in there. Again, it's just like what sugar. it's pairing it with, all the extra sugar. Um, cider's probably one. Like if I line up the, the low carb, your standard kind of beer and then your ciders. So, you know, your cider's kind of your average beer plus some extra, you know, sugar in there as well. So um, some of those really sweet ciders, which are probably more speaking to maybe the younger people listening um, rather than maybe as we get older we tend to maybe not want them as much, but they are they are shocking. They are packed full of calories. There you go. How many roughly? <laughs> so well, like I'm thinking of that, I don't even know if it still exists, but Recorder League. Yep. That is when like, I was a yeah, young yeah. fella, the old uh, Apple and something. Yeah, yeah, raspberry. Oh, it's been a while since I looked. That's when you're a bit of a sweet too. Yeah. What about a cruiser? There's a few little well, young, I was going to call them squeezers, but I, I was a squeezer back in the day. I used to drink them when I was yeah. uh, a bit younger. They're probably, I mean, Again, I'd have to refresh the memory, but like there's different ones these days. There's more like the seltzer version ones, yeah. like the low sugar and that. But, you know, they're probably 150 to 200 calories for a normal cruiser. Too bad. Yeah. Seltzer's quite a, again, like sitting in that, obviously it's along the lines of your vodka soda, but in terms of like a option like that. I want to talk um, about wine. Better option. White wine and red wine, just for people just to understand calories. Uh, look, they're quite um, – they're quite similar. Uh, red wine would have a little bit more than what your white wine does, but for a glass, you're looking around like between like 120 to 130 up to around 160 calories for a glass. What's a bottle? Oh, times that by 7.5 or whatever Jeez. it is. If so, you're drinking a bottle of wine, you'd want to be working out. Mm, and, you know, to the point of what I was touching on before around the amount of alcohol in a standard drink determines how quickly we metabolise it. You know, a, a 150 mils of red wine has about 23 grams of alcohol. So it really is, you know, for a female, it's two and a half hours until we have stopped metabolizing that. Jeez. Yeah. It's funny that, again, great education. Great education. There's a lot of... Um, no, I think it's just like a lot of people, if we're thinking this more like short-term and long-term health kind of effects aside, if we're thinking this more from this active training person and, you know, I feel like nutrition, like it's always just like less less of this, not of that, and that gets the focus, whereas it's like you probably actually need more of that, but just have a, have a think about where these extras are sneaking in and, you know, maybe we don't want to kind of admit it, but um, hopefully that kind of arms people with just some awareness and then, you know, hopefully maybe if, if that might come under the microscope a little bit more. It's funny, just sitting here thinking about getting in shape, you, you almost need to get off alcohol if you're, if you're serious about your plan and it's, and you feel better, like we've all done it, but yeah, it, it can, like the whole fact that, you, you know, you're storing food, alcohol is being metabolized. You're not you're, sleeping properly. Not sleeping, you pull up average, you know, you might not feel like eating the next day. Preventing your good work in the gym or breaking down your muscle mass even further. Yeah, yeah all your gains from Monday to Saturday evening, you're all gone from Saturday night, Sunday, if you've had a good nudge. So 
that's if you're having a fair income crack on the Saturday night. Yeah. You're having just a couple, it's not too bad. Yeah, obviously we want to promote like, you know, safe drinking and good behaviours and everything, but, you know, the reality is Australia is a drinking culture. So I think oh, we, love we, need, we need to talk We need to talk about this. We and do. Like, you know, I have to admit like probably at times I've been hesitant to even talk about this kind of because it's like, well, what if, what's the pushback going to be? But if we don't have a realistic voice or a conversation around it, then it doesn't seem like a realistic approach. So if it's just some kind of positive behaviour change from it, that's a win. We see uh, plenty of people out there now producing their own non-alcoholic beer. I think Heaps Normals one. Maddie DeBoer doing a great job with them. Very pro this. At Athletic Ventures, big shout out there. How much, how much calories are in these alcoholic uh, free beers and drinks. Should have looked that up before coming on. But, I mean, look, it doesn't have the ethanol component. So if we think about like a standard beer, it's about 150, 160. If we think about a low carb, it's about 90 to 100. So I'm going to – is a guess, but I'm going to say it's around 70 to 80. Cause so it's still a lot still, but it's nowhere near – Yeah, and it's not it's it's not always just about the calories. It's about what do those yeah. calories do. When we're drinking, we're storing food, we're breaking down muscle. That's not happening. So – you know, even to the point maybe of the we're subbing some of those in and whether you pour it out into a glass so, you know, if there's going to be judgment. Yeah, and look at me, issue. boys. I'm on the piss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, And you, you your food's not being stored if you're on that non-alcoholic beer. It's all about the alcohol. So it's business as usual for the body. Business as usual so for you, the body. There you go. So that's a reason. And, and if you're sitting there at home and you're thinking, who would drink that? Well, there's a lot of people mm. out there because they're- The movement is happening. It's happening right now. And if you think it's not, it is. Mm. Um, it's, it's out there. It's out there. Now, are there any other facts on alcohol that you can provide the ACES community spendy? I think we've touched on most of it, but I think I really want to call out like alcohol has calories. It's the fourth macronutrient and it's more than double per gram what is in carbohydrates and, and protein a little bit less than healthy fats. So um, body can only metabolize 10 grams an hour. Like we just we physically are not able to process any more of that. So the amount you drink will determine how long it takes to metabolize that. I think the food fact is a really interesting one and I think it blows a lot of people's minds. But again, it's like the strategy of I'm going to eat before, which I'm going to, which is going to help me reduce my hangover. It's going to reduce the, the, you know, the 11 p.m. or the 3 p.m., 3 a.m. kebab desire. Um, and, yeah, I think just thinking about, like, how many drinks you've had and how long it takes to metabolise, I think I think we've touched on everything I wanted to kind of call out. It's just great to understand the education behind it because there's a lot of people out there that make excuses. Oh, I'm one. I've done it. Oh, she'll be right. I'll be right. I'll go run it off tomorrow. But there's a big calorie deficit, like you said. Mm. And it's about just making, I guess, smarter decisions and choices. Mm. If you do have some goals in mind, if you don't, well, you know, yeah. drink responsibly. But mm. yeah, I think you've summed that up and it's just great to listen to you break all that down. It's, it's not scary. We've all learned this stuff at school, but it's a good reminder for a lot of people mm. out there. And the vodka, lime sodas will be getting a little nudge next time I'm out. I'd already give them a nudge anyway, Spendy. But yeah, the, the cocktails have just rattled me. The, the, there'll be no more cocktails <laughs> over here. I'm, I don't think I can afford any more of them. Just four cocktails and you're already up to 1,600 calories. So it's just right mm. up there. Just right up there. Yeah. That takes, and anyone out there wants to, I'll just put the performance hat back on. Mm. 
if I'm doing a vigorous workout at an AFL club for it's two hours. 60 minutes to 75 minutes, at, I'm talking as hard as you can go, Thrashing. you're still not even there on the calories. You've still got to keep going. So there's no way you're putting two hours of uh, hard cardio to get all those four cocktails back. It's bizarre. I oh, know. You know, I feel like a bit of a fraud. So don't think that I'm sitting here going, geez, look at Tommy. He knows what he's doing. I'm like you all. I drink a lot at the moment. And um, it's just great education for me to understand what's going on with my body when I'm drinking. And, and some of these stats, 57% of people are having seven or more drinks when they go out. 20% never drink water uh, on a night out. So it's... um. It's, Which was, yeah, from our survey that yeah, we Yeah, from, our, from our survey, mind you. So there was a, you know, a few hundred there that wrote in and, yeah, the milk, that I'll be getting on the milk. But, yeah, you've, you've nailed it there, Spendy. I think you've, um, you've helped a lot of people out there just understand what they're doing to themselves if they do get on the piss, as we like to say, and have a good old time. Vodka lime sodas, I think, friends, and uh, a little sneaky water in between when the boys aren't looking or the girls. So the girls are already all good, you reckon? So, yeah, well done. That's uh, that's our third podcast in the bank. I'm enjoying these, Spendy. They're good yeah, fun. Yeah, there we go. A few little facts, a bit of fun. It's been a while since I've been sitting out doing a little bit of education, you know. This is, I like to talk about it. I don't mm. like to sit there and read books. I Different like to, learner. Exactly. Just mm. absorb what you're saying. So. That's episode three in the bank, uh, alcohol and hangovers with Jessica Spenlove. If you're enjoying this podcast of Aces Nutrition, please let us know. You can message both of us. Uh, obviously, the main Instagram is Osmerican Aces. All our content will be living there. Apple, Spotify, all your good podcast platforms, and you can watch us on YouTube if you're listening to us. But we, we, we appreciate your support so much. Um, please subscribe to our channels. And as I said, Give us some feedback, comment on our show, let us know what you want to hear more of, um, and we will make sure that we get it done. But I think that's all we've got for this week, Spendy. That's it. Drink I'll responsibly. S- drink responsibly, <laughs> and we'll see you next week. <laughs>